0: Welcome to a special edition of Business Mentorship Keeping It Real, where we are collaborating with the Enthuse Foundation who supports female entrepreneurs through education, mentorship, and grant funding. Today, our guests are the winners of the 2023 pitch competition. Chloe Bergman and Allison Evans are co-founders of the first ever cocktail tea bag with a company called Say So. Chloe and Allison met at Harvard Business School soon identified a consumer challenge and found a solution for mocktail mixing. They join us today to discuss not only business partnerships, but entrepreneurship and collaborating with other business owners on their success journey. Welcome.
1: Thank you, thank you for having us.
0: Listen, congratulations on winning the Enthuse Foundation Pitch Competition. I would be remiss if I didn't start our conversation by asking how you would describe your experience. Chloe, why don't we, why don't we start with you?
1: Yeah, it was, it was really an incredible experience. Um, I honestly didn't know what to expect because Allison had been really the, the main point of contact for Enthuse up until that point, um, but it was just fabulous we had such great conversations with other founders the other contestants uh, and companies were just so amazing so we're so honored to have been um, chosen among that group but I think the most important thing is like it really seems to be a sense of community that's there um, that will continue you know after this this competition so we're really happy to be a part of that
0: Now they give you mentorship support right I think that it's an annual program is it not Allison? So with our winnings, we won 20 free hours of
2: marketing support. So we do get marketing mentorship. I already connected with the team last week, kind of going over where we think they could be the most helpful to us. And we're following up with them next week, maybe gonna put together some ideas for our upcoming launch at Sprouts in January, which is really exciting. They seem to really want to be so helpful and really help us stretch those hours and help have it make a change in our business. So, in terms of like an official one person who's a mentor, not really, but the organization as a whole is really coming together for us and wanting us to utilize all their resources.
0: So I have to ask the question because uh, I I did you know Allison uh, has done the pre interview prior to the competition and one of the questions that I actually got in the comments was how did you come up with your name your business name so I'll leave that open to either one of you to try to give us an idea as to how you came up with the company name say so sure so um, in the early days Allison and I were
1: doing a lot of formulation meetings with our formulator that we had hired that would often mean like eight, 9 a.m. meetings where we were tasting these cocktails often with alcohol because we needed we needed to know how it tasted both (laughs) with and without. Um, So needless to say, it wasn't a great way to start the day, but it was something funny to remember. Um, And we were brainstorming name ideas. And during one of those meetings, Allison said, "Um, would you like another cocktail? And I said, if you say so. And that name just kind of stuck.
0: Oh, that's a really cool story. I really like how it's, it's something that just happened in real life, right? Like you were just having a general conversation and the company name came up. That's really very cool. Now, how did it, when you visit your website, there's some pretty impressive media support that you've had, you know, Forbes, Bloomberg, Miami Herald. What was your PR strategy in order to get top of mind with your consumer? We
2: really got lucky. We got those mentions organically. Um, I subscribe to what any entrepreneur can subscribe to is a, an email blast called Harrow, H-A-R-O. It stands for help a reporter out. And they send these blasts, oh, I'm looking for a product for X, Y, Z. And I would just respond to them. And one of them was, oh, a, a gift guide and it happened to be a Forbes writer, and he liked what I sent back as a pitch, and and that's how we got in there. And for Miami Herald, for example, we were part of Pop Up Grocer, which is another really great startup for emerging brands to check out. And we we're in their Miami market, and a journalist just went through, and we were one of the brands in the store that really stood out to them that they they bought and liked. So we have been lucky that the fact that our product is so innovative and unique that when somebody sees it they're like wow I haven't seen this before let me let me check it out and that's helped us get those organic mentions which has been great
0: yeah congratulations to you both because I know how difficult it is you know one of the things that we sit back and look at especially when you're in the in the innovative stage is how do you get mentioned like how do you get some press and so that's some really great advice for folks and thank you so much for sharing that website to Allison. that's probably very helpful for a lot of people in our viewing and listening audience I want to switch the conversation to your friendship because one of the things that we talked about Alice and I talked about in the pre-interview was listen when I was going to biz school it was like a big taboo don't get into business with your friends you know don't have a partner be a solopreneur. And I see that there's some real changes in the dynamics because one of the things that Allison mentioned was that when you were at Harvard Business School, it seemed like a rather natural thing to do is to get into a partnership together. So give us a little bit of insight into how that actually works because I know you met at this school and then you became friends. I don't think it was the other way around, right? That's That's right.
1: Yes. So So Allison and I met, um, actually on the first day of of HBS, we got connected through a friend um, and we just instantly became friends. And a big part of that was just we had so many common interests, including the food space, entrepreneurship. Um, And so, yeah, we we wanted to participate in this one week intensive. um, It was called Startup Bootcamp, where you would bring an idea, um, you would do some prototyping, some customer focus groups, and it would end in a pitch. And we because we were friends and because we knew we wanted to do, you know, something similar, um, we brought, you know, an idea together and worked on it as a team and, um, have been doing it together ever since. But, um, no, we've been really lucky. I think our personalities uh, really balance each other out very well, which is why it's been, um, honestly e- easy to manage, uh, as business partners.
0: So do you have your own lane? Allison like would you would you say that your your areas of expertise are are different yet similar so you complement each other or do you ever cross lanes into each other's area of expertise
2: yeah, we have our own lanes, and we have areas that we we both work in. So I come from a marketing strategy role. Uh, that was my last job before business school. So I own that, and Chloe is, handles our operations and you know finance, more that side of the business. When it comes to selling and fundraising, we're we're both in it. So I think that we're able to both have our own lanes and help each other out on some things like fundraising, where you do really need both founders at the right. forefront.
0: Right. And how so how do you choose the dynamics of the partnership in terms of, you know, Chloe's mentioned that Allison was front facing to the Enthuse Foundation, and I'm sure now you're becoming much more involved um, now that you've won uh, the actual competition. But how do you decide who's going to take the lead on what project? Because clearly, I know that you both live in New York, but one is, I mean, New York's York's a big city. It's not like you're, you know, neighbors, you live beside one another. So how do you create this dynamic and flow between the two of you that gives you the synergy to be successful? Chloe?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. I I don't know that we really have a strategy for that. It's always kind of just evolved pretty naturally.
0: Organic. Um,
1: yeah. So Allison took the lead on the enthused. She pitched, obviously did an amazing job. Um, I had previously pitched at uh, the Fancy Food Pitch Competition, um, and like that kind of just happened naturally. And then um, I, I don't know. We, we honestly never had any type of disagreement about it. Um.
0: Good for you. <laughs>
1: Yeah, everything is kind of just evolved. I think that we're both pretty aware of what the other person has in each other's plate. So if it feels like I'm really in the weeds with a production run that's happening at that point. Then Allison will take on like a, a project that's happening at that time and kind of vice versa. Um, so Yeah, I think I think it's pretty, happened pretty organically.
0: Good for you. Now, how do you you find in terms of um, entrepreneurship? I mean, you know, we each have very busy lives, right? I mean, I'm sure that, you know, I'm not sure if one of you has kids or if you're, I know that you're both married. So, you know, things can get pretty hectic at home. How do you manage the the dynamics between being an entrepreneurial startup and family life?
2: I'll, I'll let Chloe take this one since she has the most adorable son. (laughs)
0: Um, I have a, I
1: have a 16 month old. Um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely changed since he's been born. I think, I think what I've realized is that my time is just more limited. So I just feel actually more productive during the hours that I do have. Um, we're, extremely lucky that we have a wonderful full-time nanny so during the week i'm fully dedicated to say so from you know 9 a.m to 5:30 or 6 p.m um and i find that because i know that really that's my window um i'm, I'm actually even more productive so it it does limit you in, in a sense but i think that it's it's really been um you know a good thing ultimately
0: you know I think that's a that's a common question right I'm sure that people who are you're starting out a business generally you're starting out your business in your 30s and 40s so it's a really busy time of life and so it creates a dynamic I think where do you find Allison that you that you the hours that you work are different than if you were in sort of your nine to five or do you follow a similar sort of schedule and keep yourself on track that way
2: I think I think we, I follow a similar sort of schedule. I think something that Chloe and I talked about even in business school during case studies and other things is you have a lot of burnout in entrepreneurship and that's especially for, for solopreneurs. So one, one quick note that I actually wanted to share before when you're talking about that, the class that Chloe and I started Say So in we you actually had to take like joiners onto your team for the class. Like you could not go through the course as a solopreneur without help. And looking back, I actually maybe that was a lesson that they were trying to share. Is you sure. know it's, it's better when you have other ideas and and minds working with you. But mm-hmm. I think we were very conscious that you know even before Chloe's son was born, we didn't want to experience founder burnout. And we wanted to build the company over the course of its life and make it really successful. And that's not like burning out in in the first year or two, when you know you're going to be working like 10 years on a business. So I um, don't have any children yet. I, I have a dog. I like to take him on walks at night and kind of get some fresh air. And you know, there's nights where you're working late, or there's nights when you're working after dinner, or on the weekend, or whenever it may be. Um, but just trying to maintain some form of balance, I think is overall positive for, for just founder mental health.
0: Yeah, for sure. Now, as founders and in a new business, how long has your business actually been in in sort of fruition? It was it 20, 2020 or two nineteen?
1: So we, we founded the business, um, in, in 2019, while we were still at HBS, we consider our official launch date to be June, 2022. Um, it took us a while to establish a manufacturing process. So, um, we have been making the product by hand up until that point. Um, so June, 2022, um, is when we officially were in market with a commercially made product.
0: Well, and so what is on the horizon? So, I mean, you've, you've been through the sort of throes of a startup. You've had an opportunity to get your feet wet. You've been out into the market with your product. And now you've won a, a grant competition where you've got a, a little bit of seed money to fuel your new ideas or your expansion. So in the coming months, in the first quarter of next year, is there anything new and innovative that's planned?
2: Yes. Yes. I I alluded to it for what the Enthuse Foundation is going to help us with our marketing plan for, but we have a very big launch at Sprouts Farmer's Market. They're a national grocery chain here in the U.S. with 400 stores, and we're launching in their innovation set that's starting around January and January 1st um, and running through the end of March. So all of Q1, it's going to be a really exciting time. Chloe and I are going to be, you know, out there demoing at stores and- um, really putting as much uh, emphasis on that as possible to make sure it's a successful launch.
0: Yeah, for sure. Now, Chloe, w- give me some indication as to what your customers are saying, because clearly, you know, I, obviously folks visit your website. Um, they can purchase either on store uh, in, uh, online or in store. but. You have a really innovative product. I mean, it is clearly cutting edge in terms of being able to put a cocktail mixer in a tea bag. I mean, I don't know about other folks in our viewing and listening audience, but I'm terrible at mixing drinks. So the whole idea of being able to put something that you have into a glass and get some consistency, um, you know, if you're entertaining some clients or friends is really a wonderful idea. What are some of the comments that you're getting from your consumers at this point?
1: Yeah, um, thank you for saying that. Um, I, I think it's 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 a lot of what you said. People are often very surprised that it works. Um, so Allison and I had have done a number of markets, especially when we initially launched, um, where we got to sample the product and really interact with our customers, and we had an extremely high conversion rate. And we we noticed that like the the common reaction was just like, oh my god, I was not expecting this, um, and. And in some ways, that's a blessing and a curse because it's it's amazing that you know customers are 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 so delighted by the fact that it's a really delicious product, um, but also there's you know a, a, a barrier because of the education piece of it. People have never seen this before. It's a totally new way our new delivery mechanism. Um, so that's why demos actually work so well for us. That's why that's going to be a big part of our strategy with Sprouts. Um, we do it with all of our current partners um and it's also um uh a reason why we we use a lot of like ugc on our socials is because um customers is being able to see other customers use the product just works really well for us it's so demonstrable it's very easy to show um So yeah but that's that's often what we get like wow this is amazing i'm so surprised
0: (laughs) is that your biggest obstacle is sort of the how-to uh explaining that to consumers about how to use the product allison would you say that that's been the one of the biggest barriers or obstacles in your marketing strategy for sure
2: yes i think that you know as chloe said it's a it's a little bit of a blessing and a curse some people are confused Is, is it require hot water how does it work but you know, we do have the fact that it is a very familiar device, the tea bag. So, you know, even if you put it in hot water, you know what, you're actually gonna infuse it faster. You just have to add ice to it. So you can't really mess it up that much. But yes, thinking through kind of our shelf talker strategy, how we're gonna communicate, how to use the product most quickly and efficiently on retail shelves when, you know, we're not there demoing is something that we're thinking through now. and will have to constantly be evolving as we expand our retail partners.
0: So what would you say is your biggest challenge as you're going for this huge expansion project, as you mentioned in Q1, which is fantastic. Congratulations on that, because that's a huge feat to be able to you know, explode your product into 400 different retail locations. That's pretty amazing. What would you say is your biggest challenge going to be during that particular point in time, because I'm assuming that they're national organization, not regional. So, I mean, that creates a geography dynamic as well. So do you have folks that actually help you demo? Um, You know, do you have a team of people that you, you know, engage when you're doing these kinds of product watchings to help you out? Chloe? We do.
1: So we will be engaging different um, agencies. We will be using some friends. Um, uh, Alison and I will be doing some of them ourselves. So it's a little bit of a mix. I think I think yes like you you're right it's a national launch so there are some you know challenges in that we need to make sure that it's working everywhere um, but I think uh, we're doing as much as we can in anticipation of it. So planning the demos, planning which stores they're going to be at, depending on what we're seeing in terms of traffic or any data that we can see at this point. Um, we're going to be watching um, our sales really closely at each door uh, the moment we launch, and we will adjust our strategy based on that. Um, so I think, yes, it's a challenge, but we're, we're ready to take it on, and we, we, we have a plan for it.
0: Was the Enthuse Foundation the very first grant opportunity that you had applied for? Because, you know, we hear from folks that grants are few and far between, right? It's, it's, it's kind of hit and miss sometimes to even find out which organizations are supporting entrepreneurial events. So did you find that the Enthuse Foundation was the very first uh, organization that you tried to pitch your, your business idea to for a grant opportunity? Allison? the first one that we picked i think it was the
2: second the first one that we pitched to was actually the harvard business school new venture competition where you could win grant money for um moving through different rounds of the competition so chloe and i won the northeastern region and we won a small amount of, of grant money for participating in that we, we didn't make it to the grand finale, unfortunately, but you can see we're evolving as we, as we go, but the winner of that also is able to win additional cash prizes. Um, but yeah, grants are, they're tricky to navigate. Mm There, there's so many out there. You can't really find them. Honestly, I, was introduced to the enthused foundation by, uh, you know, another woman in my network, just like a week before even the deadline. So that just was lucky timing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know they're super great, especially since they're non-dilutive capital. Um, oh. and they're, they're a great option.
0: Yeah, for sure. Now, if you had any advice for new and emerging entrepreneurs who are taking their businesses to the next level, what would that advice be? Chloe, let's ask you first.
1: I think the biggest piece of advice is is network as as much as you can. Um, I think we all know the the value of networking, but for some of us it comes you know more easily than others. Right. I think that um, every founder that we've met with or every industry person um, that we've spoken with like has just been so tremendously helpful um, in so many different ways. And I just think that, you know, never say no to a meeting, to a coffee, to um, going to a networking event, because you never know what you'll come out um, from with that. So I, I think that's that's my
0: biggest piece of advice. Okay. And Allison, what would be your piece of advice to a an new and emerging business owner?
2: Mine is similar to, to Chloe's, but while while you are networking or, or reaching out to your networks, do not be shameful on asking for help, asking advice, and and asking questions because the worst that will ever happen is you get a no or someone can't help you. But and and that's to say also then be willing to open your your uh, doors and and share resources back uh, because it's a it's a two way street. But you know. For us, we found an incredible sales team based in New York that has really moved the needle on on our business. And it was just from me asking another founder who they used and and were they willing to share. So I think that founders are also very open with the contractors that they like and dislike because we've all gone through so many and it's just so... Critical to to ask, and then you know the the cream will will rise to the top, and you can also utilize those great connections and
0: get great help because you know yeah, it a village. It, it, absolutely. And I love your reference to the fact that, you know, never say no, right, because you just never know what door will open, even if you think, oh, geez, you know, I'm not I'm time is running late. You know, I, I'm really busy today. I booked this coffee or I booked this meeting and I, I, I'm just not really sure that I have the time to go. And then you go and you're pleasantly surprised because you have no idea, you know, what kind of connection will come out of the conversation. So I think that's really good advice for our viewing and listening audience who are sitting back and saying, you know, because I think there's this misnomer. I remember hearing the saying once at a networking event, um, you know, it it took 25 years for me to be an overnight success. You know, like everybody thinks that it just happens. You know, you throw a shingle out, you've got a great idea and the money just starts pouring in. And of course, that's really not the case, right? You have to put in in a lot of blood, sweat and tears um, and creatively go after your business. And I think you've, the two of you have really been able to demonstrate the commitment that you need to have to your business in order for it to grow and flourish. Right. Yeah, absolutely.
1: It, it definitely takes time. It takes, uh, commitment. Um, we've been through a lot of highs and lows, but, um, you know we've seen really great growth this year so that's been really motivating
0: so yeah, i was just going to say that's what gives you the motivation <laughs> to keep going right to get up to the next morning and do it all yeah. over again as those wins which i think is really important uh, why don't one of you share how our viewing and listening audience can connect with you and perhaps give them some insight into how they can find you in your product launch in january
2: Yeah, you can find us on our website, which is going to be drinksayso.com, on Instagram at drink.sayso. We're also available on Amazon. And starting January 1st, we will be nationwide with Sprouts Farmer's Market. So if you're listening and live nearby one of the stores, please go on in and find us. We're going to be in the non-alcoholic cocktails and mixer set for dry January.
0: Oh, what a great idea. That's a wonderful marketing tag for you guys. So, you know, congratulations to you both. I know it takes a lot of hard work and, and you know, this is the sexy stuff up front, right, where you have an opportunity to talk about your business. But I know that there's a lot of blood, sweat and tears that goes on behind the scenes. So congratulations to both of you for all of your efforts so far. And I'm sure, you know, we'll have to invite you back in another year when you've uh, you know got this product launch under your belt, you've expanded your business a little bit more and you can continue to share some of your great intelligence with our viewing and listening audience. So thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thanks Trish.
0: My absolute pleasure to you, our viewing and listening audience. I'd like to thank you for joining us today for this special edition of Keeping It Real with a behind the scenes look into business ownership and breaking barriers to success. I'm Trish Tonai, founder and host for the series, and I'd like to extend a special thanks to the team at the Enthuse Foundation for all the work they do to support business innovation and the journey to success. If you'd like to connect with our guests, their contact information will be found in the description portion below. And I'd like to invite you to subscribe to our YouTube channel, Business Mentorship Keeping It Real, and visit our website, shareyourstories.online, where we feature business stories from international entrepreneurs and enterprise leaders while celebrating their great ideas. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to seeing you next time for another edition of Keeping It Real.